welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Nashville guitarist who is uh, a professor of guitar at Belmont University, amongst other things. Um, Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy yes. to have you here today. Thanks for reaching out and, and uh, letting me know that uh, that we can chat. That's awesome. So how, how long have you been at Belmont in Nashville? Um, I started teaching as an adjunct a long time ago, back in 1994, wow. and uh, so I moved to Nashville in 1990. So yeah, it's it's been almost 30 years, unbelievable. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And have you have you been the only guitar teacher at, at Belmont that whole time? No, 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 not at all. In fact, okay. um, one thing I want to correct: uh, I am an adjunct teacher there. You know, not a okay. full full professor, um, but I direct their guitar ensemble and. Uh, yeah, I've been there for a number of years. There's about 10 or 12 guitar wow. teachers there. Oh my gosh. And uh, we have um, have a really uh, large group of students right now. And and I've kind of maintained that, uh, you know, more or less for the the entire tenure I've been there. Sure. Wow. So, and, and we offer, yeah, and we offer commercial guitar right. as well as classical guitar. It's kind of the, the nature of the city, you know. Right. There's a lot of music business and a lot of, opportunities for the students to to tour and stuff if they become right. you know professionals so with with that many teachers how many how many students are in the program um i think right now well i'll tell you uh next friday i'm doing juries and i will do with one of my colleagues i'll do uh over 30 juries and then there's also another room of uh people doing the same okay. so i would guess somewhere around 60 wow. maybe Yes, that's, that's that's a happening place. And how big is the university? Uh, the university has grown significantly. I don't know the exact number, but I I know probably close to 12, 10, 12,000. Okay, all right, yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah, wow, that's great. Um, and and so and you mentioned that you know there's commercial guitar as as well as as classical guitar. Do the students are they pretty much tracked into one of those exclusively, or they kind of mix it up a little bit, or they, do you have how how's that work? Well, when they audition, uh, they've in most cases they've already decided, you know, what they what sure. path they want to take, yeah. and so um, a lot of our students are, you know, Belmont has become uh, pretty much known in recent years for some of our alums getting, you know, touring jobs with artists and going right. on to get record deals and stuff. So a lot of the students I think that we recruit and the ones that hear about us are interested in the commercial guitar program, okay. uh, AKA kind of winds up being like a jazz, you know, type environment. Um, although commercial is probably a better term because uh, there's a wide variety of styles, not just a jazz guitar. And in during the course of their study there, they have to do two years of classical guitar. Oh, they do? Um, okay. Yeah, whether they want to or not. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I had, I had a similar, similar kind of thing um, when I was teaching at Capital University. There, there oh, yeah. There's, the jazz guitar teacher there, Stan Smith, and, yeah, and heard of him. Um, 
they, I, I guess it's it's according to fulfill some some National Association of Schools of Music requirement yes. for traditional study, and it's the the, the language was really vague and, and whatnot, but that's how they chose to deal with it as well. Was right. you know, all the all of the jazz guitar people had to have at least one semester of, of classical guitar mm -hmm. study, so that's that's why it was there. And it was really interesting because most of them, I, I think, you know, actually the the vast majority of them. Uh, would, would study with me and, and really take to it and thought, wow, this is great. I'm so glad I was exposed to it. And yeah. I had a number of students that kind of um, almost kind of did a double major. You know, they, they, oh, would nice. play, they would always play classical stuff on their on their juries and whatnot. And some of them That's would awesome. to a pretty decent decent level. Um, so, yeah, and I know what, you're, I know what you're, you're saying about the whether they want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've had the same experience, actually, with my our students, you know, because I'm I'm one of about four classical teachers there at the university. Okay. So um, I basically, you know, I I've, I've taught some students that have switched over to become classical majors. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Sure. And and uh, I know another one of my colleagues has done that too. So you know, it's not a conversion that we're trying to do. <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while, every once in a while, sure. it works out well. I had a student many years ago that. Uh, was really talented with classical guitar. I mean, he he wound up uh, winning our concerto competition. You know, on uh, playing oh, the middle of the Rodrigo concerto. Huh. The only guitarist, I might add, to ever win the Belmont concerto competition. Wow. So, uh, but he he was like, I usually don't even try to have that conversation with the student sure. unless I just felt strongly. And you know, he went on to get his master's degree out with Tom Patterson. In, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, he's a phenomenal player, and it was just like, well, you can keep on doing the electric thing, but man, your hands are wired up for this, you know. And uh, he, he like put a recording out that has like the Jose Sonata and you know, uh, Aquarelle, Sergio Sass. I mean, all this stuff, you know. So he, oh, he's a fantastic <laughs> player. But you know, and we've had some others. But yeah, I'm like you. I mean, it's kind of fun to uh, expose them to something that they not necessarily would have. Uh, thought they would learn about. Sure, sure. And who, who were the other classical teachers there? Uh, myself, uh, a gentleman named uh, Francis Perry, Mr. Perry, okay. uh, Mario De Silva, and okay. uh, let's see, I'm going to forget someone, Jefferson Rogers, and uh, Mark Godwin, a gentleman named Mark Godwin, who I used yeah, to play okay. duos with sure. a long time ago, yeah. So it's, there's a that's that's a that's a happening scene. Well, we're all <laughs> no. you know. It, it's funny. I, I I've listened to some of your podcasts, which I've really enjoyed, by the way. Thank you. Uh, it's been yeah, fun. You, you do a great job with that. I, I think I listened to the Jason uh, yeah. Vio uh, interview you did, as well as Candace. Is it a um, Mowbray? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And you know, I, her uh, her interview kind of resonated with me because you know we've all walked that adjunct path, you know, yeah. and it's a long. Uh, it's a long road, but uh, I think we keep doing it because we love education, we love the guitar, and we love yeah. the students. You know? Sure. And, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I felt when I was doing that, it was, for, for a lot of it, it was a pretty good situation. You know, and when the situation yeah. changed, I said, you know, this is not a good situation and I'm right. no, longer, no longer doing that. But, you know, I, yeah. as, as much as I was... Uh, um, for lack of a, a better term, bitching and moaning about the the, the state of the situation, um, yeah. you know, I understand the reality of the situation too. Right, right. There's a, yeah. there's there, there's that to be considered. My my thing was always that um, 
you know, allow me to, to negotiate my contract like any other reasonable right. employment situation, you know, and, yeah. and it, it, it bugged me terribly that, you know, with, with 25 years of experience doing this under my belt, like I was getting paid the same amount as somebody who was hired yesterday, you know. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, yeah. And, and, and that, that, that part of it was, was kind of just very strange, you know, and, and so that, that was always yeah, a little absolute, unusual. Absolute, absolutely understand the, the reality yeah. of the situation and, and you'd have to be foolish not to. And I think, yeah. you know, for many of us, if we find a good situation, there's, there's no reason not to do that, you know? So. Yeah. And I, I also wanted to mention, I, I actually left someone out, the most important person <laughs> talking about colleagues. Um, we have a wonderful new uh, full-time professor at, at Belmont named Dr. Paulo uh, Oliveira, and uh, oh, okay. he started with us um, a few years ago, and they did a huge search, and uh, obviously has his doctorate, and he does uh, jazz as well as a, a fine oh. classical guitarist, wow. and uh, you know, award-winning guitarist. So, and he's been a, just a great colleague because whenever someone like that steps into your program that you've kind of been involved in, you're not sure what how the dust will settle. Yeah. And uh, boy, I mean, we all just feel really blessed, you know, to have someone that's so um, open to our input and kind of, you know, just we all respect each other. It's really a, it's a, it's a, a great really yeah. great place to be. And, we, you know, uh, I can't imagine the school without him because he's just made so many wonderful changes in the past few years. So. And, and is the guitar department really self-sufficient or not self-sufficient, self-contained, I guess? Um, you know, the place, places I taught, the, the guitar was always kind of like shoved into like a string program or, you know, where no. it was like the odd ducks, you know, it was never, yeah. like, you know, the guitarist is a separate department kind of thing. But I think with that yeah. many students, and that many teachers, you probably yeah. have yeah. have that going on there. Well, we do have our own department and yeah. um, we don't, we actually, um, probably over 10 years ago, we, we the par department grew so much that we had to uh, move into a different building, you know. So we have our own little uh, building on our campus. Has its own building. Yeah. Or, well, wow. it's it's actually an old house that's kind of been renovated, you know. And that's but cool, it's, it's kind of cool though, you know. It's like yeah. uh, when you walk into the house, you're surrounded by either guitarist or the bass teacher is also there. So it's just people that play, you know, do what yeah. we do. And uh, when I went to school at Ball State University for my undergraduate, um, when I first started there, there was a little annex where you know beautiful old building on campus and you know it was like you just go there and you felt good to play and you know that's it, it, it's sort of that same uh yeah. ambience that's that's great that's yeah fantastic and, and and you know the students probably don't realize what a, what an asset that is but that's i mean to have their own space and not have to feel like right you know they're being segregated or whatever you know, <laughs> that's that's a that's a great thing that's really and we've cool. also I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience but when you're teaching in a school of music which i've done you know many times uh many years uh as well You'll, your studio will wind up right next to the drum studio or something. You know? It's like, excellent, or the trombone. Nothing against those instruments. They're fine instruments, but it's not necessarily going to go well with what we do. <laughs> I swear, I, 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 had a, I had a paranoia for many years um, that, that I was being followed around by a trumpeter because it seemed, it seemed like no matter where I went, I was always next, to, next door to people playing trumpet, and it was just like, not again all the time no matter what you know and I, I was teaching at three different schools at the time and it seemed like it was happening at all three schools I was like, okay okay this is really weird who's this trumpet guy following me around and, you know, it was the ghost of miles davis yeah right exactly <laughs> <laughs>
So you, you, you went to Ball State, which means that you studied with Paul. Yes. Uh, what's Paul's Paul last Riley. name? Riley. Riley, yes. yes. Yeah. Is yes. he still teaching? He just retired, um, oh. I think, last spring. He, yeah. he taught there for over 40 years or, or something. And I, mean, I, uh, I saw him the last time, probably, oh gosh, probably 20 years ago. He came, yeah. and I had him on the concert series for the Guitar Society here. Great. And, you know, not to, not to be um, <laughs> impolite, but he was old then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, I'll tell you what, he had a great run at Ball State. And yeah. uh, I, I just, um, it was really fortunate for me that someone like that was, was there because, he um he studied with Richard Pick, right? You know, and uh, I've often wondered why I've been so interested in duo playing, and it's kind of perplexed me for years. Although I have to say, I'm sure you have this record too, um, Julian Bream, oh, live. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. After listening to that about 1980, you know, it was like I was I was in at that point, uh, but. Um, the Richard Pick book. So every single guitarist I've had on this show has said something about Julian Bream being like this. Oh, like hear, hearing him was a seminal moment for them in, in terms yeah, the, of their inspiration. You know, I used, I used to go to the library and check out this record, the Broke Guitar record. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was the <laughs> that was the first record that I just you know every week I would go back to the library and and renew it. And I'm sure the people that at the library are like, not you again, you know, it's like, yes, have, it's, oh my gosh, I have almost an identical experience with, with that Villalobos um, recording, oh yeah. the RCA one with, with the, the hummingbird and the, right, I've got yeah, that, yeah, like it did the same thing at the, the local library there, <laughs> you know, and the funny thing was, is when I checked it out the first time, I had no idea what it was, I was like, oh, it's a guitar, cool. And then, right. like, yeah, it was, that was it. You know, it was right. It was done. Yeah, and, and back, yeah, I'm back to the Richard. It ruined my life. <laughs> it ruined your life. Yes, yes, it's ruined many people's lives. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but the uh, Richard Pick books are set up where you first start playing duets with your teacher. Yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So it was like it was like, oh yeah, that's that definitely like you know was a selling point at the beginning because sure. you could play something. You know, when I first started, when I was about ten years old, you could play something. And it sounded like, you know, music a little bit, right, right, <laughs> other than, exactly. you know, I'd been playing uh, When the Saints Go Marching In, which I love the piece. But, you know. <laughs> right. No, no. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, but Paul so was he, great. And it, so you started studying when you were 10. Yeah. And how did that happen? Um, well, a friend of mine started studying uh, classical guitar, and um, we were kind of playing a little bit in a band, you know, a little... Okay garage band, if you will. Sure, sure. And I heard that he had been playing, uh, studying classical guitar. I'd been listening to it some. And uh, I just kind of contacted his teacher, my parents did, and it worked out, you know? Interesting. And he was a graduate student at uh, the university. So okay. it was like, yeah. And I took a few lessons from a, a jazz guitar teacher that taught at a music store before that. But my, um, and that, that was very helpful because I'd already been hired to play a wedding and I just started playing the guitar. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, I want these five songs. And I was like, uh, okay, like but the wedding was like a, a year later, you know? So it was like, I started 
I went to the, the guitar teacher that was teaching jazz. His name was Phil Scruton, I think. And I said, yeah, I, I know how to play a few Beatles things, but can you possibly teach me these five songs? Because why do you want to know just the two of us and, you know, all these crazy I said, well, and sat and doll, I said, well, you're not going to believe this, but in a year I have to play a wedding. He's like, no. <laughs> I think I got paid like get, 40 bucks, get, you know. Get the gig first and then learn how to play. I love it. Yeah, I was know? like, oh. <laughs> That's that's like the most Nashville thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> well, it, it is a Nashville thing, but see, I grew up in in uh, northern Indiana. I was born in yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. You were destined and to be in, in Nashville, though. <laughs> I moved here right after graduate school and um, after I got my master's degree. And um, one of the, you know, when I first moved here, it was a little bit of a culture shock because I had a master's degree in classical guitar. I thought, you know, now I'll go out and, take the world by storm, you know, <laughs> as a classical guitar player. And I moved to the place that probably had the least amount of classical guitar activity at that point on the planet. Um, yeah, a thousand guitarists there. A million know. guitar players. Yeah, and amazing. I mean, some of the most amazing musicians, you know, live here. And, uh, yeah. you know, I won't throw out names. Well, you know, of course, uh, we're, we're also blessed to have uh, your your good friend, I think, and your duo partner, Stanley, not too far away, too. Sure. You know, yeah. Dr. Yates. So when he moved to town, uh, that was all, you know, there have been turning points where, and uh, there's a really nice gentleman that uh, has been running the uh, Guitar Society here, a, a gentleman named Byron Fogo that um, oh, yeah, sure. when I first, yeah, and when I met him many years ago, uh, about 1994, okay. uh, I was out at his house for Christmas and he says, I was looking, you know, and had his house all really beautifully decorated and just getting to know him. He goes, oh, there's a Christmas card from Rodrigo. And I was like, Joaquin Rodrigo? He's like, that, yeah, from his daughter. You know, I was like, oh. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, he was, I, I, the more I got to learn about him, I was like, wow, this guy has a huge collection of music. He knows all these people, you know. And what so we, we got to be really great friends. And uh, he's actually uh, commissions from music my guitar duos and, okay. and uh, just a really nice guy a great yeah. guitar scholar great music type series and uh, he's just a really really great asset to nashville yeah and, this, and that, that, that society has been around for a while right it has been around uh, i think since gosh the 60s maybe early okay, 70s yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh but they, you know, we've had Leo Brower. Um, they had Leo Brower. I, I wasn't involved with the society back then. Uh, we've had Odai Assad, um, and of course uh, Baji Assad, and uh, and uh, we recently had the Brazil guitar duo a few years ago. You know, oh, yeah. Great. so but Byron uh, Byron has really been instrumental in getting all that together, and I've I've helped however I need to, but. It's really his thing, you know. Uh, was he was he involved with it from the beginning? Do you think? No, he actually took it over from I think um, I forget the person that preceded him, but um, but it, yeah, he's he's done a great job with it, and uh, we've kind of been in limbo here lately because of the COVID thing, you know. Of course. Right. But uh, but yeah, maybe we can get things started again. Sure. Yeah. And and so and did you do your graduate work at Ball State as well? I moved to, well, I got a graduate assistantship uh, okay. in Carbondale, Illinois, at, oh, okay. um, at Southern Illinois University, Illinois. and Joe, Joe Bresnikar was there. I don't oh, know if you, yeah. yeah. 
So Joe was there, and uh, Is he still I no, he he retired. Gosh, it's probably been 10, 10, 12 years ago. But um, so I was his graduate assistant. And then my mother passed away. Uh, and some of the state funding actually got cut back in Illinois. So it was, uh, I moved back to, to Muncie to finish my um, second year of my master's degree. Okay. And uh, it was good, you know. And at, right after I got done with my master's degree, um, I moved to, to Nashville. So. Right. right. And, and was that. What, what was what was the plan there? Like you know, you just well the plan. That there's a lot of music going on in Nashville, so hey, the why not? Plan, yeah, the plan was to get out of the cold weather. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> uh, and, and also, uh, Nashville was you know definitely growing, and uh, just wanted a, a little different environment to be in, sure. you know, musically. And uh, I had played quite a bit of electric guitar when I lived in okay. Indiana. I was some one of the ways I supported myself is I'd, I'd play in cover bands, which oh, in sure. Indiana you can make a living playing in cover bands. And I was teaching at a music store. And, uh, so when I first moved to Nashville, um, I started kind of revisiting my electric guitar playing. And okay. I got hired to uh, do some showcases with some artists. And then I got hired to play on a country music tour. So I left oh, Nashville. Fantastic and toured uh, with a country artist. We, we toured um, the, the Western United States and uh, Canada for a, a couple months. Um, okay. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I just learned was, while I was, was out that? there. Did you, did you enjoy that? It, you know, there's parts of it that were really fun uh, and enjoyable because, you know, getting to see that part of the country was absolutely sure. amazing, you know? Oh, yeah. We went as far as, uh, we went, we started off in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And we were rehearsing there for about a week. And then we the tour took off and we just followed the Canadian. We went in, up the Rockies and we went all the way in 24 hours north into Canada playing Western swing clubs, you know. So it was like I was playing uh, or trying to play uh, Western swing music uh, to the highest of my ability. And I'd always kind of played jazz uh, a little bit as amateur, but my main focus has always been classical. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, I survived that tour for two months, and I <laughs> there were there were a lot of things about it that were really cool. We played some outdoor festivals, you know, got to play to a lot of large outdoor festival audiences, and people were great. Uh, the scenery was great as far as like the the terrain, but I also realized um, I didn't want to be a you know a road musician. Yeah. for the rest of my life and uh it a lot of people get into that and um i think if for certain people it's cool but for me it just wasn't going to be a lifelong endeavor you know sure sure when you were traveling by bus i'm guessing bus airplane um oh so you had flights yeah oh okay. uh, yeah yeah we were and um it was about that time uh you know we the band always takes the smaller planes, you know, right. <laughs> the little, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever flown into uh, like uh, Salt Lake City, <laughs> but it, there are some huge mountains, right? Yeah. And you're in a little Cessna a little plane. plane. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it was around that time that Reba McIntyre's band, uh, unfortunately, got killed on one right. of those planes. Right, right. And I don't know, that was kind of like a, I mean, that wasn't the deciding factor, but that was like, oh, wow, you know. Bad things can happen to you, you know. And uh, to me, I wasn't enjoying the musical experience as, as much. So I really just, you know, I came back to Nashville. I started playing a guitar duo, and, and I did a recital over at Belmont one, one afternoon during the rep class. And the teacher, um, John Pell, who just recently graduated, he called me. He said, I'd really love to bring you on board to teach classical. Wow. 
Wow. So, uh, how did you how did, how would you set up the recital there in the first place? Did you, was it just a well, I, kind of I, thing? Need, need a place to play? Well, and well, no, I when I first moved to Nashville, everyone said you've got to go study with John Pell because he's okay. like you know one of the most well known teachers. He he plays tons of solo guitar gigs and uh, and I got together with him and I was playing like the Granados Fourth Spanish Dance and. Uh-huh. You know the Bennett impromptus and all this right, stuff, yeah. and and uh, some pretty, you know, the bagatelles, all that, all that stuff. And and he, I would never forget when I played for him, he was like, I don't, I can't teach you anymore about this stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, got, but you know, John's a fantastic guitarist, uh, but um, he he's sort of more like uh, he grew up in the well, he studied with Lenny Bro, you know. Oh wow! So yeah, he actually oh, studied gosh. with Lenny. And so a monster commercial player and a really excellent, fine classical and fingerstyle player knows a ton of tunes, you know? And um, so I guess uh, maybe a couple years after that, uh, I just, you know, I contacted and said, hey, we want to do a little warm up. I'd like to do a little warm up concert. And um, he let me come over. So. Fantastic. Yeah. And then you got the, got the opportunity to teach through that, I guess. Yeah. yeah so it was kind of fun. And then. One of my colleagues came up to me about six months into my position because I, you know, was playing a guitar duo, and he said, um, "He said, well, why don't you start a guitar ensemble here? Because, you know, the last person that did this, that, you know, it just didn't work out well. And uh, why don't you? Would you be interested in that?" I said, "Oh yeah, that'd be great. I love I love guitar ensemble." Yeah. So so you do you do the guitar guitar ensemble? You're also doing private teaching as well. Though. Yeah, I do uh, private. Yeah, I have about. At, at Belmont, I have right around uh, 15, 16 oh, students a semester. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guitar ensemble, uh, usually around 25 to 30 students, you know. Fantastic. And then I teach. Like in, in one big ensemble, or do you break them up into small? I br- yeah, we break up into quartets, uh, sure. duos. Um, sometimes we do a you know, sextet or something like that. Right, but, right. Um, and I, I teach guitar seminar, classical guitar seminar, one section of that. So, okay. yeah, it's it's a lot is of work. It, is and then is I that te- like a, a rep class kind of thing? It is a rep class, yeah. Uh-huh. For, yeah, we, it's just an opportunity for the students to come in and play the repertoire. Sure. And um, and I teach at a community college uh, a little bit as well. So it's like that and then my community students. It keeps me busy teaching and, yeah. um, you know, provides a you know, an adequate living. It's not, sure. <laughs> I'm not driving a Tesla or anything, but you know, it's like. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, yeah, I understand that, that, that patchwork quilt and putting it together and, and actually, yeah, making, making a living, not, not being hungry, you know, that's, 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 right. that's, that's the way I've always looked at it. It's like, well, you know, not, I'm not exactly living the, the life of luxury, but I'm, I'm warm and I'm not hungry and I've got a roof. And you're doing what you so. want to do, right? Right. And yeah. you're, and, and you know, the, the that's the other thing. I mean, that is, immeasurable yeah for a number of years um i was teaching at belmont but i'd also about 1992 um i wound up with a concert management position at at the blair school of music and okay. in, in, at vanderbilt university yeah. and uh, so i was managing their concert hall and uh that was you know that was a ton of work yeah. and um but yeah eventually that went away and uh it was like oh wow so now I really do have to be a musician. <laughs> awesome, and so and you you've you've had a couple different uh, duo situations. You went you mentioned yeah. 
um, that Mark, Mark Godwin, you, you, you had a duo with him. And yeah, now, we put uh, out a couple CDs. Yeah. Okay. And, and you have the, the, um, oh, the, the names. Duo Sedeste. Yes. Duo Sedeste. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and who's, who's your partner in that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I played with Mark for, um, I guess from about 92 to about 2010. And I was playing in a Latin, like a romantic Latin band. Yeah. A long time. We put out two CDs and, and uh, in that duo, um, again, my friend Byron had commissioned a uh, work by Clarissa Saad, The Volsus do Rio. And I think I sent you maybe a recording of that. But so that work we debuted on, on uh, in a performance at Belmont many years ago. But, but about 2010, I started working with a gentleman named Joey Butler. And he, uh, by, by trade, he is a professional writer for the uh, you know, here in Nashville, I mean, not a, a music writer, but a, uh, editor, you know, okay. type, uh, and, uh, he, uh, but we were playing in a Latin band together and the, the leader of the Latin band, um, violinist, he used to say, why don't you guys play a do some, some music together so I can go out and dance, you know, I want to go out and dance, you know, so we were playing a ton of Latin band gigs and he liked to dance and, you know, go out and visit with the audience. So, we learned a couple duos and then a couple duos learned, uh, leaded to a couple more duos. <laughs> Eventually, you know, we started like we'd show up at a two hour gig and we'd wind up playing probably an hour of it <laughs> just ourselves. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was like, well, I guess we could form a duo. <laughs> you know? I mean, so it was just kind of by happenstance. And Joey is a really talented um, musician. He attended Belmont and he studied some guitar there many years ago. Uh, but he didn't major in it, but he's got a lot of natural ability and uh, he's uh, I think he's grown a lot, you know, just putting up, putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you guys do concerts as the duo or is that just yeah. through, through the, uh, through the, the Latin group? That... No, no, we don't, we don't play in the Latin group anymore. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. We, 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 when my son was born in 2000, um, when was that? 2012 uh it's been a while um but he, he's getting ready to turn 10 but um but when he was born i, I decided that's it you know because okay. the latin band was becoming very you know it was taking way too much of my time sure. and so yeah we we've played for uh, some guitar societies and uh play a lot of local stuff you know and uh play we're gonna play this summer for the tennessee arts academy oh, cool. uh, so yeah so we do um we do some formal concerts. We do just some gigs. Sometimes we'll play, you know, a two-hour classical guitar duo gig, you know. Sure. Fun. But real repertoire, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you've, got, you've got a couple recordings together, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, we have... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, no, I was just going to say, we put our first recording out, um, Viagem al Sol. Uh, back in, I think that was 2015, and then we okay. followed it up with uh, November in 2018. And okay. we're working, almost done with our next one. It'll probably be another. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to ask next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's, what's going to be on the new one? Well, the new one is kind of uh, it's interesting because it, uh, you know this whole COVID thing. Uh, we just kept practicing uh, as much as we could, and we had a lot of music that we. Um, before COVID hit that we were hoping to record um, some Gismonte. And uh, and then in the course of this whole, you know, the, the recording's been delayed about a year and a half just because um, of various things, which I'll bring up in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, 
so there's just Monte, there's some Alfonso Montez. Uh, there's uh, going to be a new work by Sergio Assad that was commissioned oh, by, for us. Um, my friend Byron again uh, yeah. surprised me last August and said, hey, uh, nice. you know, I'd really love to, uh, you know, uh, let you know that you're going to have a new work, you know, for your new CD. And I said, oh, really? I said, expecting, you know, you never know who, you know, someone's going to commission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, it's going to be a new piece by Sergio. I was like, oh, <laughs> I nice. said, I guess I better start practicing. <laughs> so, but that's, um, that's a good friend there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and we've gotten to know the Assad brothers really well. And uh, I guess it was 95, uh, they came to Nashville and no one wanted to pick them up at the airport, right? So the Assad brothers that, are coming to Nashville nice. to play at Vanderbilt. No one wants to pick them up to bring them. No one has time to go pick them up. <laughs> So I was at Vanderbilt. I, 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 think, I think I would make time to pick them up <laughs> in yeah. my crappy so, car. <laughs> so one of the, yeah, one of the students, you know, came up to me. He goes, well, do you want to pick them up? And I said, sure, I'll go pick them up. And I yes, said, yes, I've got a friend that has a really nice minivan. <laughs> so I called my friend Byron, and uh, we were already huge fans of theirs. And I was like, hey, Byron, you want to go pick up the Assad brothers from the airport? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so... Um, and then I think it was uh, 96, I applied to play in a master class for them in Chicago and, okay. and got accepted and uh, played some music I transcribed to theirs uh, by ear. Oh, and wow. then that just started, you know, a huge friendship. And uh, huh. so it's been a, it's been a so nice thing. And then- What, what music of theirs did, did, did you transcribe? Um, I transcribed uh, three pieces, actually four pieces from Natsu no Niwa Speed. Okay. Yeah, which was yeah. that Japanese film yeah, soundtrack. Sure. I, I, so at that I, point, I, no one I had the music. Them, yeah, I heard them play that in Chicago. Gosh, that was, oh man. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say like maybe 95 or something like that. Yeah, that would be about the right time frame. And, and they, they, they played they played Farewell as, as, as an encore. Yeah. And I just thought, that is the most beautiful piece of music I've ever heard two guitarists play, yeah. ever. And I want that. And all, and I, I didn't have the title. All I had was yeah. it was from some Japanese movie. So I spent years right. like <laughs> asking everybody I knew, "Hey, do you know anything right. about this? You know, music from a Japanese movie that the Assad Brothers did?" And nobody knew anything. And yeah. I, 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 I somehow I tripped upon it. I don't know. Like it, it it's been in the past probably five years. You know. And, and, oh wow. Yeah, and, and I got you That's know great. I was able to find the because the music is published now, I guess. Well, um, and you know who did the score is my friend Byron. There we go. Uh, the, so, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in '94, um, I bought the CD, you know, and I was listening to it, and I'd gone to see, I think it was the Los Angeles Guitar Quartet, and I was having a hard time going to sleep after the concert. Really enjoyed the concert, and yeah. I was like, I want to learn that piece called Remembrance off that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sure. And so I just sit down and I start writing it out you know wow. and and at, at the end of the night i could play it and i i called byron and i said you know uh, we gotta get this music <laughs> i mean this is amazing stuff and i said i think i got kind of close but and and then i think he transcribed farewell the solo guitar version and i transcribed the duo version so and then when we saw the assad brothers next i said are you guys going to publish that and he says well here's the thing he said the music i don't really have the music anymore he said uh, and I, he said, "What happened? Well, what had happened? And and if I if memory serves, so I hope I'm telling the story correctly. But um, they were in, I think it was Italy, and they were rehearsing. And he left his computer in the back seat of the car they had, oh, no. Oh, and someone no. broke broke out the window 
and took the computer, which had a lot of his old scores on it. And I, uh, and so when when Byron uh, approached him after getting sick of me begging him to, uh, well, thank goodness they had recorded it. I guess you know. Yeah, and well, he had some <laughs> sketches and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, so Byron, you know, uh, painstakingly um, got those sketches and uh, put it all on the finale and. And then I think he and Sergio worked together to make sure everything was right. But uh, yeah, those scores, I'm not sure wow. uh, they would exist today if it hadn't been for, you know, um, Byron's involvement in that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, what a thing. Amazing, I had no idea. Is that, is that, yeah. do you think that's common knowledge or like do, do people know well, that that's if, how it went you, down? Well, I don't think people know all those details yeah. and maybe I shouldn't say them all either, but, <laughs> but, but, but if you look inside the score, Sergio thanks Byron for okay, doing, yeah. the, doing the score or, you know, typesetting it. And um, yeah. some of those pieces, as you know, are, some of them are fairly, you know, low grade pieces as far as like, you know, that you can put them together fairly easily, but sure. some of those pieces are big pieces you know, oh, yeah. as far as really and tricky. It's, it's fantastic music. I mean, I, I think it really is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know Sergio's music. His 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 compositions are, are fabulous. They're just he's he's a he's a genius. Yeah, Musical. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. So when when you went and and took the transcriptions to to play for them, yeah. I mean, I that, that, to me that that's that that's kind of a that that's a lot of chutzpah right there you know well showing okay. up the, the science master class with transcriptions of their stuff i was young and stupid but um, <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing um when i was a kid you know i used to transcribe rock guitar solos right sure. you know that's how you learn stuff right there was no youtube there was no tablature unless yeah. it was in a guitar magazine you sat down, you got your half-speed tape recorder, and you yeah. learned it, you know? Yep. And you got as close as you could, right? <laughs> so it was like your training, right? And yeah. so when I transcribed this stuff, I was like, okay, I know it's not perfect. But when I play it, when I played Remembrance, it sounded like the piece. When I played Farewell, it sounded like the piece. And uh, so uh, we played in that master class, uh, we played um, Farewell, we played um, Invitation, and then we uh, also played some Marlo Snowbre uh, for him, okay. which are scores that are available. Yeah. And uh, he came up to me. So we're in Chicago. We're at North, uh, let's see, yeah, Northwestern University, okay. sitting inside Sager Hall. And there's probably about 200 people there. And I, right before I get ready to play, that's when it dawned on me, like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like, what am I doing here? Well, that's great timing. Yeah, because I, I did. I didn't know the Assad brothers like I do now. And and right in the front row was Oday Assad giving me like this death glance, you know. And oh then Sergio's, and and so I'm like, I I just remember going, well, this is either gonna go really really badly, or they're gonna at least you know not kill me. I don't know. So. Um, so we Our played. The piece. will be speaking to you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we played the pieces, and and um, it went well. And yeah. people, you know, and, and they, Sergio came up on stage and was quite gracious. He said, "These are actually very close." He said, "These are very close," <laughs> and and I was like, "Well, at least I got the close factor," yeah. you know. Oh, and yeah. uh, he said, "I'm going to send your friend, uh, he, uh, Byron. I'm going to send him." scores and i was like awesome you know so um 
and they were close. You know, they weren't spot on, but sure. um, so. But that started a really what has been now like you know probably close to thirty year friendship with the Assad oh, brothers, and and uh, they've become really I've I've gotten to know them quite well, and they're just sweet, as you know, they're very sweet people. Absolutely, yeah. there could not be any more with that any more talented people that are just so humble. You right. know, right. where is Oday living now? Uh, he's in Brussels. He's yeah. in Brussels still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he teaches over there at the conservatory, and of course. Yeah. He was in Chicago, although right. he is teaching, uh, he was teaching a little bit in Indiana, I think, uh, right. and he may be he, doing he a little bit. He travels a lot. Well, yeah, I think they've been doing that since they were the kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's always somewhere, you know, like right. um, <laughs> it, he was teaching at San Francisco for a while, you know, right. and he's just, and he's also like composing like 20 pieces that, you know, oh, yeah, I got these pieces going. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow, we that... the the piece that he wrote for us, which uh, we hope to debut on our next CD. Um, you know, Byron told me about it like August of 2021, and we had not received it. And we would like recorded about 16 pieces for the new record. And I was like, "Hey, Byron," I said, "Is Sergio still going to write us a piece?" You know? He goes, "Yeah, yeah, he's going to write it." And uh, so uh, Byron, you know, said, "Yeah." Uh, so around January, I think it was early January, we finally got the piece. And I told Byron, I said, don't pressure Sergio. I said, I'm fine waiting on anything. Because <laughs> you know? I'm just I'm grateful. Sure to have wait, a, the wait will be worth it. And the yeah. wait will be worth it. And it'll give me a few minutes to keep practicing. You know? <laughs> what's, what's the piece like? How long is it? It's about, um, I would say it's about four minutes. And okay. it's, uh, it's unlike anything that I've heard him write before. It's a canon, really? okay? So it's, um, we'd, we'd kind of, he asked us what we wanted and I said, a, Braz a Brazilian choro would be great or, you know, yeah. anything like that. Because when his uh, daughter uh, wrote those three Brazilian pieces for my former duo, they were very much in the Brazilian style, you know, and the titles even reflect that. And uh, so when we got the piece, it was like, wow, this is nothing <laughs> like what I expected, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's going to be really cool. It's a cool piece. And, uh, it's even the title, which I can't, I don't really want to say today, but okay. it, when it comes out. Um, even the title is going to catch people off guard because okay. it's, 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 it, I was like, is this really something Sergio wrote? <laughs> you know, because oh, it's so, fun. it's really great, but it's like, it's so unlike. And, and my duo partner and I were like, well, this is, uh, wow, this is wonderful. I said, you know what? This is actually cool. I said, because if he had written a piece like, you know, like in the, you know, sort of the typical, format that people expect him to write sure. it would just it would be another Sergio piece another right, great right. Sergio piece right. um, but I said this is very unique yeah. you know so we're looking forward to uh so to get here's, a, here's, a, here's a trivia question and maybe, oh, maybe, maybe have the answer to it um has has he written any guitar duos for any other duos other than the Assad duo ever before Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, yes, he has actually. Okay, he, all he right. Has. Yes, he has. He he has written some uh, some pieces. Um, I, I think there was a piece that he wrote called "A Week in Rio" or something like that okay. that was record recorded in the past couple years. And he's done some other things. Uh, so no, we're not the first ones. Because <laughs> that would be a thing, huh? <laughs> well, uh, no. I, I just have to pinch myself when I look at the score. I'm like, wow, I just, you know, you feel. That's and, so cool. I, and like, you know, it's it's like whenever we get a piece of music like that, there's a huge responsibility. 
that goes with it because you're like, wow, I'm not Sergio Assad. (laughs) So I want to make sure that I honor and respect and do this music justice, you know, to, to the greatest of my ability. And, and I, you know, the times that I've, the opportunities that I've had to, to, to do that, to work with a living, breathing composer who's writing something specifically for me to play. What a, I mean, it's such a different experience and, and it's it really so is. cool and it's so fulfilling and it's so real, you know? And, yes. And, and, and it's funny because like I, when I've done that, like, I don't even care. Like it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care, you know, if anybody ever, Right. Here's this piece or it's just being part of that process is so rewarding and so cool. You know, I mean, that's and and you get to do that with Sergio. That's fantastic. I mean, well, and has he has he heard you play it? No, 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 no. We okay. The plan is now to finish learning it, which we're we're almost there and to make a little demo, uh, you know, just like a Zoom recording of it or something. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, send it up and get some feedback. And then, you know, uh, have him kind of critique or, you know, pick it apart and then go into the studio and record it like a Nashville studio where we've been recording and and do a real recording of it. Because, you know, I want the the main goal for me is, you know, um, I want him to be happy and I want to represent work well. And, you know, you you know this because you've worked with composers before. Um, You know, I've I've had a number of pieces written that I've helped debut, but sometimes um composers can be tricky you know to understand as far as like (laughs) you think you're making the exact right decision yeah and then they'll say oh i didn't work that at all yeah (laughs) or you know or or they'll be like oh i like what you're doing there you know let's do that instead of this so it can go either way but i feel like that's not what i wrote but i like it (laughs) yeah that's right hey it's 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 sokovia right it's like hey Let's just change it a little bit. So, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's been uh, it's yeah, it's a blessing. We're, we feel very fortunate. That's exciting. And, and when when do you think the uh, the recording will be finished? Uh, the goal is to have it out in the fall. You know. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's it still has to be um, there's a lot of like just technical stuff that needs to be done. Um, EQ and, and balance. You know what this is like. You've done two of your own. You know? Oh my God! I, I, yeah, it's 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 a labor of love for sure. Do you do you do all that work yourself, or do you guys hire that out? Well, there's so many great recording studios in sure. Nashville. You know, yeah. and and a lot of uh, people I know, you know, uh, are involved in places like that. So uh, we chose um, we chose a space that we felt really good about. And and the guy that did our last record actually is is doing the engineering. And he'll wind up doing uh, the editing and all that. And um, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on making a duo recording. It's just a nightmare. Uh, you know, I always tell people, I always tell people, I'm like, they they, they say, do you have any solo recordings? Now? I'm like, well, I'm too busy making duo recordings. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but duo uh, solo recordings, I think I do want to, I, I do want to make one, but. I'm like, wow, that's going to be easy, <laughs> you know, right, because right, sure. it's oh, just yeah. one so, guitar. So you know what that's coordination. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I I do all my recordings myself. I, you know, I, I build a recording right. studio in my basement. That's part of the reason that's why right. I bought the house that I'm in. Yeah. And, and it was specifically because I wanted to be able to record at my convenience, you know, and, right. and, and, and at very low cost. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, I mean, and, and the, the, uh, 
I guess the, the, the good the good part of that is is you know if, if I want to take two years to finish a recording it's it's no big deal yeah. I just I work on it when I can and there there yep. we go but that, that that might also be the bad thing about it is you know like a, <laughs> they, they, they might get put out faster if I didn't have that that situation too. I don't know I mean we we usually um, you know I was listening to the the Jason interview you did and yeah. how many hours Pat Metheny took oh you know, my gosh to record uh, yeah. you know and it made me feel a lot better about taking you know like <laughs> a couple hours to record you know maybe like a 20 minute piece or something you know right. it's like but we've done about six sessions you know and yeah. so we divide the tracks up and we just recorded uh finished recording the the Paolo Bellinati uh Chicona which is oh, like cool. um it's a wonderful piece for two guitars and it's it's built on a chaconne um you know design as far as like uh, form and it's uh, but it's a Brazilian, you know, so it's uh, it's like eight movements, I think. Of uh, it's a really cool piece, and uh, it's not been recorded a whole lot, if at all. I think uh, the duo Siquier Lima will probably they just came out with a recording of it, so our recording won't be like uh, one of the only ones. That, and they're a fantastic duo, so I look forward to hearing their version. <laughs> Great, and 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 so and, and I'm, I'm noticing that there there seems to be a, a quite a quite a lot of of Brazilian input. In, in your in your repertoire and your recordings yeah. and is that I'm, I'm i'm assuming that's by design and and uh what, what's, yeah. what's the story I, there yeah well I, I love brazilian music you know I, I i um as a child um i remember my mother and i driving around you know and and you would actually hear astrugia berto singing you right. know girl from ipanema or her version of windy you know the pop song windy was so that music has always been i don't know it, it takes me back to a good place in my life and uh and i just love um I, I don't think there's really been a brazilian piece that i don't at least enjoy if not just fall in love with i love the works of gilamando hayes and uh, you know armando neves and a lot of these uh, brazilian composers that um, we didn't really know you know it's hard to find out about this stuff you know right. sometimes yeah. and uh, it's, it's, my it's, it's, my, my from from my, my point of view, it, you know, and, and I I probably know next to nothing about it, but it it, it just seems like it's its own universe. Like the the the, the it really guitar is. scene is just like the, its own wonderful universe that is, you know, it, yeah, it, it really distinct. You know, like a yeah. and I I, I I I would love to go there and 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 hear that and experience. Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think, as I think it would be I... mind bending. I think it would just be like absolutely astonishing so you know and every once in a while something something makes it out and, and, and we get a taste of like oh okay that that's uh that's that's really great stuff yeah. so I, so i mean when when you guys have, have planned your recordings and whatnot i mean is that mm -hmm. is that something you like just conscious that you were doing that's that's what we're doing yeah. we're, we're we're doing brazilian music well you know here's the thing i mean our my duo partner and I used to have sort of a weekly or bi-weekly gig where we would play at this Mediterranean restaurant, you know, okay. in Nashville. And uh, we we gig there for like three hours a night and uh, we oh, needed wow. repertoire to fill in that stuff. For sure. And so uh, when I was transitioning to my new duo partner, he, the first piece he learned, because I was playing Django by Paulo Bellinati with my old guitar duo partner, uh, former guitar duo partner, not old, not that he's old, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so 
he he surprised me. He showed up at one of these gigs and he's like, let's play Django. I was like, you were able to learn Django? <laughs> he's like, yes. <laughs> and so we sat down and played. And I was like, okay, I think I think this is going to go somewhere, you know? Yeah, sure. But at any rate, uh, yeah, we love Brazilian music and, uh, you know, huge fans of uh, a lot of the classic, you know, like uh, Baden-Powell and all that stuff that just, uh, so we, that's what we enjoy the most. And we kind of decided, you know, instead of trying to go um, all over the board with the Baroque yeah. thing, which many people do really well, what you guys do, you know, I just, in fact, I'm going to tell you, I just got this a few weeks oh, ago. Fantastic. Your second, second volume of your, your duo. Somebody else bought uh, it. That, 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 that must be, nope. we, must, hey. we must have had a dozen sales by now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is fantastic. I was just going to say that, um, you know, I love this this style, this era of, of uh, guitar duo playing and, and music. Um, there's, and, so but it's, there's so there's much. There's so much. It's, it's like a, you know, own universe, Stan, right? Stanley and I, one of, the, one of the times that we got together, um, I guess it's when we decided... Because the the first one had this focus of yeah it's 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 pre transcriptions of of major composers you know it's Beethoven right. Rossini and Mozart and Haydn and but Carulli did the transcriptions you know during right. the same period so it's kind of an interesting project and I mean there's he did a ton of those too I don't I think there there there's quite a few that we did not do and then we started yeah. talking about doing doing the volume two and uh, you know we didn't. In order to choose the repertoire, well, we just went through everything we could, all the duo music that we could find. It's a mountain. It is an unbelievable oh, mountain of music that, that Carulli wrote for two guitars. And, you know, I mean, we, we probably, I mean, we started, we started the volume three and who knows if that's ever going to get done. But, uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's probably, there's probably enough duo guitar music just from Carulli alone to, to fill five volumes of I bet. recordings on that. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's. Yeah, you know, and we we sat down and we we read through all of it at some point in time, and it's I think oh wow for That's a huge. weekend a weekend at Stan's house. You know, <laughs> that sounds like of, a partying time. <laughs> it was it was a good time, but you know, it, yeah. but it was it was amazing because it was like three full days of sitting there just reading through material, yeah. you know, and and you know sure. we probably didn't get through it all, but it was yeah it was it was it's 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 amazing how much stuff there is from from that, you know. I remember asking. Uh, Stanley, Dr. Yates, I, I was, um, I asked him this kind of random question one time. I said, you know so much about guitar repertoire. And I said, um, who wrote the most guitar music? And I remember him saying, probably Carulli. Carulli, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. So yeah. we, that was the other thing that we looked at is, I mean, there are, the, if I remember correctly, the, uh, the opus numbers go well above 300. Yeah. And, and we, we were just, you know, just kind of shooting the bowl and, 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 you know, talking about this and, and we came cause so there, there's that many opus numbers. Most of the opus opuses have, you know, it's not uncommon to have six or 12 pieces you know, right. of some size in each opus number. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were, we were just kind of conservatively uh, guesstimating about, you know, how much music this was and, and I, I can't remember exactly what, what what statistic we came up with. And of course, this is this is completely unscientific. You know, it's just you know right. drinking <laughs> beers, you know, conversing about this. But it, it came down to he was basically writing a major piece of music every couple of days for about ten years. You know, wow. 
which is is wow. astonishing if you think about it. it really you know? is. And, and and at the same time, he was he was teaching and probably negotiating publishing contracts and, and concertizing, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And it, and you think maybe probably pra trying to practice at some point in time too. It's, it's <laughs> what a, what a tremendous amount of work, you know. Yeah. Makes, makes That's me huge. Extraordinarily lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Not to mention just the aspect of travel back then. If you wanted yeah, to go right, somewhere, of course. I, it was like, yeah. let's go uh, 20 miles away for two weeks. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was like Paris to Rome would have been what? Like a month, a month <laughs> right. road, you know? <laughs> yeah. We take that for granted today for sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So is there anything else that we should... We should mention you. So you've got you've got the the, the duo recording coming out in the fall, and I'm I'm assuming yeah. that will be widely available at all the all the places. That, uh, <laughs> the, oh, I was going to ask you the, about the, the 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 Sergio piece. Is that is that something yeah. that will be a pub published eventually and, and available for the wide wide world to consume? I hope so. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about the you know. I mean, of, of course, it's his piece just ded sure. dedicated to us. You know, so I don't know what his plans are for that, okay. but. It's it's a wonderful piece of music, and like I said, it's very unique as far as like something that uh, I think a lot of people once they get to hear it um, are gonna want probably want to play it at some point, you know, because it's just it's unlike anything else that I've heard of his. And I'm pretty familiar with everything he's done, you know, right. um, to some to a pretty high degree. So I hope so, yeah. And I, I, you know, when I see him again, I that that's one of my questions for him actually is like yeah. hey you're gonna publish this you know because absolutely but i think yeah. we have the rights to it for a while you know until okay. uh so we can get the first recording made and then i think at, at that point it's kind of fair game you know yeah very cool that is that's, that's great good for you congratulations <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you it's, it's again it's just uh something that uh happened in my life uh, in 2020 um I, I had gone to uh, a doctor, you know, and the doctor said, um, I, it was for a yearly physical, and he said, you've got a bad heart valve. You, your heart valve is, you know, you've probably had this for many, many years. And uh, so I had to have open heart surgery. Oh, I had no idea. But No, no symptoms? No No symptoms, nothing, wow. you know, and, and uh, yeah. And so uh, finally, you know, like, so this was around 2019, I find all this out and oh I was terrified, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine having open heart surgery to fix this valve. So, um, so by 2020, you know, uh, I, my, my heart was finally, it was starting to having a hard time keeping up and, and I went to the doctor and, uh, and so he's like, you look, you gotta have this done, you know, this is not good. And I said, well, that would explain while, you know, when I used to jog in high school, I would be in good shape, but my chest would just start hurting, you know, like really bad, you know? And uh, the, of course the, the track coach would be like, just jog more. You'll right. be fine. Run it out, you know? run it out. <laughs> yeah, run it out. And I was like, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so in December of 2020, I went in and uh, had the valve. Uh, luckily they could repair it. I had an amazing surgeon. And uh, I was, so I had the surgery in, early December and I was teaching again by like second week of January, you know, amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but if, if they would had, had to have replaced it, I would had have needed much more time. But again, you know, it was just very lucky. Huh. It was caught. So, cause you know, otherwise I'm in really good health, but sure. I think that was a little bit of, um, 
you know, the motivation, I was like, okay, we've got to get this recording done. <laughs> you know, this has got to be done, you know, because yeah. we started it, you know, uh, we tried to start it about 2019. It was just like, everything was going wrong. You know, it just, nothing was going right. Uh, the timing of it was really bad. And so we started it again, you know, um, last fall and we're like, okay, this time we're doing it and it's going to get done. <laughs> renewed sense of focus yeah yeah well I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear that 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 got got discovered and taken care of i mean yeah because um, i had no symptoms none at all you know other than uh you know i remember when i would jog i would get you know really just massive amount of chest pain and the doctor says well you know you're yeah you're not getting adequate blood flow you know it's like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah tremendous well i'm glad i'm glad you were able to get that get that taken care of me too. <laughs> so, you know, I think as, as often happens, you know, we we kind of bounce around and and, and live our lives, and, and then you know something shakes us a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, now I, I can focus a little bit more on <laughs> the things that are. Yeah, well, you, yeah, right. And I think um, nothing like having we live in Nashville, open, you know, to, oh, to give you a well, sense of your you immortality. Know the, you know, <laughs> the nice the nice thing about it, though, you know, I have I don't want to go into this too much, but. Um, they were able to do the surgery with minimally invasive technique where they didn't have to go, you know, in oh, that right. way. So, right. um, yeah, so the recovery process is a lot uh, quicker and it's a lot safer to do that, you know, sure. in the long run. But I was going into the hospital peak COVID time, you know, oh, right. peak oh, COVID yeah, time. Sure. And, uh, you know, it was, it was in March of 2020, I think. I was teaching, um, not to drop names, but I was teaching... Uh, a, a country music star's son, uh, um, guitar. And um, unfortunately that person, that that person died of COVID, you know? And uh, so that was still resonating in my mind when I went into the hospital, I was like, you know what? This is a horrible time to be going to the hospital. Oh <laughs> but, gosh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, they, it was, it was great. Uh, the people there were wonderful. And I was just, uh, I was, so, I'm so glad to have that behind me. Yeah. On, onward <laughs> onward <laughs> yeah so so you know teaching teaching a famous famous country music uh musician's son uh is that i mean actually that's something that was in the back of my mind to talk to you about too is it being in nashville that it does that is that something that happens with with some frequency sometimes you know i was um every once in a while things like that you know yeah. there's a lot of people that live here there's a lot of the music industry that's here. Yeah. So I, I think I was playing a Christmas gig a few years ago in this art gallery, maybe about four years ago. And this woman was like standing in front of me and she was listening. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know some of these country stars because it's not right. a you know, style of music that I really follow. Yeah. And uh, I think it was my wife who was actually there. She's, she's like, I think that's one of the Judds, you know, that's like Winona or someone, you know, and it was like, sure enough, it was the mother, you know, oh, my uh, goodness. Of, what a and thing. I was like, and she came up to me and said, Oh, I love your playing. You play so beautifully. And then her husband came up to, you know, so things like that occasionally happen, you know, I mean, yeah. um, 
It's funny because I've, I've had a few experiences just playing background music gigs where, you know, it's it, it can be thankless work. You know, it's it's a noisy yeah, room. Of course. You're, you're, you're fighting people's conversations. You know, they're, they're bumping right. at you and they're spilling drinks on you. Know, <laughs> right. It, 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 it it, it can it can be it can be a bad situation, but you know it's funny because I can, I can I can get kind of negative about it, you know, and sit there like grumble, yeah. grumble 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 nobody's listening blah blah blah. But I've had a, just a handful of times where I'm reminded that uh, you never know who's listening, you know. Right. And, yeah. And, and I mentioned That's in exactly. Nashville, oh my gosh, like <laughs> you, you have you're playing a cocktail party, you have no idea who's there, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been, there's been some other situations similar to that where you're like, Oh wow. I wish I'd known that person was in the audience. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where um, when I graduated from college with a master's degree, I mean, I'd played a few weddings and stuff, but you know, you're so focused on concert repertoire, right, you know? Right. And it's, it's like, you know, you're, you, no one wants to hear the five bagatelles at their wedding. You know, it's just, it's just, no one, I know. Maybe you know different people than I do. <laughs> says, oh, you should play it anyway. Play it anyway. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> Give them people some culture. Second, <laughs> at least the second movement, right? right. <laughs> so at any rate, but I'd spent so much time as most classical guitarists do, sure. you know, putting sure. together that music that little of it, very little of it uh, transfers to background right. music. Yeah, yeah. So when I got to Nashville, and again, I'll bring up my, my former colleague and the guy that hired me at Belmont, John Pell, um, I would hear about what pieces he was playing at these gigs and i'd be like oh wow i don't know that piece you know i don't know how to play solo guitar version of misty you know (laughs) or take five you know and i was like you know this is stuff that i really need you know just as much as i need that concert repertoire and that duo repertoire i need to be able to go out and gig you know (laughs) so then you build up you know you learn the joe beam tunes i mean some of the arrangements that dion did you know, the Felicidade and, oh, yeah. and El Choclo. I, I was playing some of those. So those you can kind of fit into background cocktail tech music. But uh, a lot of it, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I got to learn some standards. I've got to learn right. some, maybe some finger style stuff, you know, sure. uh, tunes that people will recognize. Beatles, you know. Right, um, right. So. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the practical practical that's right approach. Yeah, I think I think it's really important, you know, and I... I it is. Something, something I, when I was teaching college is that you know there's really tried to get get through to my students you know like hey you want to work you know it's you don't have to love this you don't have to be the greatest at it but you should be competent you know and and it was it was this idea and this is kind of how I always kind of structured my work life was if somebody calls me and says hey can you I want to say yes you know like you're going to give me money to play guitar I'll Yes, yes, I, I will do yes. that. I'll, I'll take the wedding gig before I, I take any guitar lessons and I'll, I'll get it done. <laughs> well, and like I tell my students, you know, all the time, they'll, uh, you know, because they're young and, and they're still figuring all this out, you know, and, and I'll be like, anytime you get paid in Nashville to play the guitar, you're doing something right, you know, because I said, there's a lot of people that can get that call. And I said, um, you know, you want to make sure that not only you can say yes, but you can get rehired, you know, right. by, by that client yep. or that agent or whatever, you know, so they could, yeah. if you don't do well, they're not going to hire you again. You right. know, it's just that simple. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's a different, as you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you, you want to put your best thing out there, 
uh, when you're playing gigs. And, you know, sometimes it's challenging. It starts raining outdoors and people wonder why you can't play in the rain, which is a little, it's just slightly <laughs> raining. I mean, yeah, well, I've got my $1,500 AER amp there. I've got my $3,000 classical guitar here yeah. and I am not playing in the rain. You know, yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I remember playing a, a wedding gig a few years ago, and it was uh, at this really nice botanical garden. And the agent, you know, was there. And then the, the mother was there of the bride. She goes, well, it's just storming a little bit. Can't you guys just, just you know, just and, and I was like, well, OK, so you know, I, I just kind of did a light, little light figuring of like how much the violin players violin cost, how much I said, well, you're looking at about $20,000 with a year here that if it gets wet at all, it could be ruined, you know? So they moved us inside then they moved us back outside and the agent goes, Hey, that's it. We're, they're playing inside. <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. You know, like, thank you. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing what people think. I, I, I always thought, with those situations too it's like well how about you just go stand out in the rain you know like, that's right yeah <laughs> you guys get married out there i'm gonna go ahead and do the reception <laughs> yeah. but you know it's 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 funny because it you know it's it's it can be thankless work um but you know it's it's also good to work right and you have it, kinda, oh you got it yeah kind of balance those things and, and and be happy that 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 uh you know i one of my one of my friends who's a bass player he's he, he used to tell his students like no, you're you're framing this wrong. You, you you don't have to do this. You get to do this. I mean, this is that's a, right. know, there's, there's there's an element right. about it that's like, you know, it's a it's a privilege, you know. And and I think that's it uh, is a privilege. It's, it's 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 an interesting thing to to kind of think about and try to balance and whatnot. And I I know for me, like well, part of part of the thing early off in in, in in my career was, you know, saying yes to everything all the time because I didn't want to quote disrespect the profession or something like this. And, and as a result, like I, I got involved some some just crummy gigs, you know. So it was, it was right. kind of it was it was it was nice to learn the value of kind of sniffing the good ones out and 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 being able to say no sometimes or to pass them on to somebody who didn't have yeah. you know a problem doing doing those. But uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting tightrope that we walk on on that. I think you know. Um, yeah, but you working working with young young guitarists and trying to trying to show them what that's like. I think you know that's probably a big part of of your job there. You know, I think it's a big part of our jobs. You know, as educators, is just you know, like I tell my students, you know, I, I make no claim to know everything there is to know about anything, but I can just share with you what my own life experience sure. has been. Right. You know, right. and uh, some of that, if that's some of that's relevant to your situation, then. Take it if not, you know. Tell me to shut up. <laughs> so. I mean, that's that's a that's a great, honest, and humble approach. You know, I think yeah. I think so often teachers kind of have this approach of like I'm the expert and I I will like, <laughs> right. know, I'll show you how it's done. But I, I love that of like, hey, you know what? This is what I've learned. I'll share it with you. I you know I tell I tell my students yeah. all the time, especially about like technical stuff. I'm always like, you know what? Yeah. I don't have all the answers about this. This works for me, and this is the way that I think about it. And if you find right. other solutions that work for you, that's great too. And you might hear another teacher say, "Hey, do this instead." And again, try right. it. If it works, great. You know. But I I, I I like that. I like I like, and I'm hearing hearing people with that kind of approach a lot more these days than I think I was when I was younger, and it, it gives me great hope. Yeah. You know? 
I think there was a, a lot of years there, um, you know, and Segovia was an important figure. I mean, one, one of the most important figures, whether you agree with confusing. everything it's he all, did. It's very confusing. <laughs> it's, it's a confusing thing to look back on now because, yeah. you know, we, we find out later that, you know, there were some things done that maybe weren't as above board that should have been. But, um, but I think it took a while to get past some of that yeah. formality. And yeah. I think it's, uh, there's so many amazing players out there. If you're, I know myself, I'm just humbled every day. All you have to do is type in one search on YouTube and you're like, wow, wow there's yeah. 20 players I've never heard of and they're all awesome. Yeah. And Fantastic. they've got wonderful careers. But I think that speaks highly of the level of education that's happened in the past 25, you know, and you've been part of that, you know, and, and I've been somewhat part of that too, you know, where it's like, there's easier access to the knowledge than there used right. to be. Yeah. And, and, I mean, when and I first went to see Julian Bream, go ahead. The, the, I was going to say, when I first saw Julian Bream, my teacher, you know, Mr. Riley, he, he took a group of students along and the record, I probably have it here. Uh, I'll put some things, uh, the, the one that has the Granados in Albania, um, but he, he was playing at UK, you know, in, in yeah. Lexington. So took a few, I mean, like three of his students says, Hey, you want to go see Julian Bream? And I was like, yes, yes. you know, <laughs> yes, I because <laughs> I mean, the only, uh, you, you couldn't pull it up on YouTube, you know? <laughs> right. And, uh, it was just, sur it, but to me, it was just surreal to be like in the same auditorium with someone I'd listened to, you know, for so many years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but the, you don't, the kids take it for granted these days. I sound like an old man, but the kids <laughs> take it for granted. They, they, wow. they like, it's like, hey, I can pull up any video I want of anyone at any time. I'm like, well, you should have been around when that wasn't an option, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And, but and, and the other thing is, I think the, the the pedagogy has finally started to catch up, right? You know, I mean, yes. like really, really good teaching. We figured out how to do that. You know, there's been a couple generations going on here where where the things have been getting refined and. And we've we've figured out how to create really good players and, and consistently mm -hmm. and 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 I think you know m my generation we're probably around the same same age I'd imagine and, and yeah you know my generation you, you, there was good pedagogy but you had to go find it you know you yeah. really had to had to go know where know who to talk to know where it was search it out actively you know it and, right. And I think now the, the the overall level has has increased so much that that most students, because you know most students don't have any idea of what they're getting into, um, right? But they can trust nowadays that they, you know, when when they pick a teacher or they they, they fall into a program somewhere, they can be pretty confident that that that, that the level of teaching is going to be all right, you know. And yeah. it wasn't it certainly wasn't like that when I was a student. I mean, mm -hmm. you really had to had to know where to go and who to talk to and why. And that's yeah. that's a lot to ask of a young person who really doesn't know much, you know. Right. I mean, I was 17 when I started college and um yeah, I mean, I think you're right. The the level of scholarship is finally caught up to um really where it should have been a long time ago. Yeah. Um but and, and we still, you know, are trying to catch up in some ways to like the piano or the violin or whatever. But I will say the the level of playing, I think, is is closer to that now it's more than ever. It's it really is. Blowing. I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I used to think, hey, I'm, I'm a pretty good player. You know, I got some <laughs> right. stuff going on. And then I was like, oh, my God, no. You know, and I, 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 I've, 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 I've said this so many times, you know, like 
the, the, the level of play, especially amongst young, young guitarists now, I mean, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, they would have been the best professionals on the planet. Absolutely. You know, yeah. They would have a concert level. career. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. And they're everywhere. It's all amazing. They are. You know? And it's I great. Was listening it's, to it's, it's, it's intimidating and it's really terrifying, but at the same time, it's really great. I mean, it's just It is great. Yeah, it speaks highly of, you know, uh, people being so passionate about the instrument. And, um, you know, it speaks highly of people that are out there doing the scholarship that, yeah. you know, is, uh, you know, uh, again, just someone like Dr. Yates. And, and there's a handful of people out there that, you know, they've gone above and beyond to really figure out how our instrument uh, works, like you yeah. said, pedagogically, yeah. you know, and how we teach. Uh, and um, I don't claim to know... Uh, you know everything that Stanley's done at all, but what I do know about his uh, scholarship—it's been really, yeah, it's it's really such a high you know? quality. Really. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 his intellect is like giant, and right. and he 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 writes so well, and he's when he gets when he gets on a project, he digs deeper. Like he's 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 mm -hmm. dogged, you know, and and I mean right. in the best of best of ways, and but he it's. It's really amazing to, and I've known him for years, and I've seen him work on so many different projects, and and been lucky enough to to have worked with him, on on our recordings and whatnot. But like, it's right. man, does he, he, he? It's intense. It's really something to see. And yeah, well, he's he's he's. I think he's a treasure. I think from a yeah. point of view of scholarship, absolute treasure. You know. And, yeah, and I think he, you know, he's elevated I, the game. You know. Yeah, and I think he was kind of inspired by uh, Matanya, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, because. You know, again, that's another individual that we can all be grateful that sure. um, placed all we of just, his uh, stuff in. We just went down to uh, uh, Boone to, to App State, Doug James, mm -hmm. uh, his his guitar fest. They so they they they're housing the the Ophi collection now. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, and it was dedicated during the, the guitar fest, and he had a little panel discussion where those of us who knew Matanya went and spoke and, and everything. And one of the things that Stanley mentioned. You know, and I, it's one of these things that like, yeah, of course I knew this, but like to think of it and, and have it expressed, you know, out there in conscious thought, um, you know, Matanya was really the first guy to, to kind of start questioning the, the, the dominant para paradigm in guitar scholarship. Right. Um, and the way he did it, you know, was just, he was, he was a total outsider. Um, he was, a, you know, an airline pilot. And, airline pilot. And, <laughs> you know, and... And and it just he he really he really shook things up you know and yeah. and if if anything you can you can you can look at that and you know he wasn't he wasn't right about a lot of stuff and that's fine and and I think yeah. you know he was a complex guy and and sure. my my take was always he just enjoyed a good argument you know yes. and, and, he, <laughs> I and I think I think he would like he would tenaciously hold on to points just to win the argument. You know, knowing in back of his mind, this is total BS, but I'm going to win yeah. this argument because I can argue better than this guy. You know, he, I think he did that on purpose. But anyway, like, he really opened the door for uh, for the, the, the scholarship that we have happening now, you yeah. know, and, and I agree. We, we have a, tr we owe him a tremendous, tremendous debt. I think it's, uh, you know, his, his legacy it's funny. In, in that world. It's funny. Uh, I was at a GFA probably, gosh, it's been 15 years ago and. I was just trying out guitars, harmlessly minding my own business. So I thought, <laughs> and, uh, lurking on the side, I see him coming toward me, yeah. and I was playing a, 
El Chaclo, you know, okay. by, yeah. and he comes up to me and he's listening and I'm playing and I'm getting a little bit, you know, like concerned thinking, <laughs> okay, this is something's not going right here or I'm going to get, you know, and so he goes, I stopped playing. He goes, you play well. He goes, who's that piece by? And I said, Angel Vigaldo. He goes, you actually said the last name right. He goes, how do you know how to say his last name? And I said, well, I play in a Latin God, band. And, so much uh, like Matania, yeah. And, and he goes, yeah, he goes, most people don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> and I said, he goes, he goes, you play well. He goes, you must play a lot of that music. And I said, yeah, I do. I said, thank you so much for saying, I felt like saying, wow. thank you so much for not being mean to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a, that. That is, you know, it, I think everybody who who has ever had an encounter with Matanya has has a similar story. <laughs> <laughs> but he could be the sweetest guy, you oh, know. He was, and he, he was easily the most generous man that I've ever met in my life. And and people, yeah. you know, it's funny. He's it, it, he 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 put forth this brusque, you know, really aggressive <laughs> demeanor. But behind it, he's he was a, he was a giant teddy bear. He was so sweet, so nice, so generous, just everything. And you know what what he did? Talk about a labor of love. You know, like he never made any money in that publishing company. Sure. You, you know, he, he he that was that he paid for that. He all of that stuff. You know, and it's amazing. And he he just did it because he loved it, and because he was he had a fire in his belly for, you know. It, for the instrument and it's everything yeah. about it, you know, and it was, it, and it's, you know, again, a real treasure there, you know, um, but, uh, yeah. see, yeah, it's, it's funny, the, 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 the Matanya Stinkai. So, you know, here's the question <laughs> after he heard you play, did he then try to try to sell you his, his tango books or did he, did he, well, did he actually offer them to you? Cause he would often do it, that too. Yeah. It's funny. He says, well, you know, I've published that piece right. too or something to that effect. <laughs> And, and expecting expecting to, again, I think, kind of be confrontational, I said, I know, I own that book. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> and he goes, well, okay. He goes, that's great. Well, you should try that version sometime, you know, or something to that effect. And I was like, yeah, I will. But, you know, I was pretty sold on the, the Olin Dion version. But I was sure, like, yeah, sure. I'll check that out. But, no, I bought a lot of his editions. Uh, and, you know, I, I try to support. I don't like to buy, I mean, I like to buy sheet music because people that do that for a living, they need yeah. to be paid, you know, right. and uh, every once in a while, those things are only available through libraries or, or making a, a copy, you know, just to get you by. But the score is available. Um, I've done my best. I used to review um, new music and CDs for um, Fingerstyle Guitar. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they would, do you know Bill Pyburn yeah. and those folks? Sure. Okay, so Bill, Bill used to, uh, I used to do a column in that magazine when it existed uh, in the 90s, and he would call me like, hey, I've got a box of sheet music here. If you want to come get it, you can review it. And one time, Bellinati, it's, uh, GSP had sent all the Bellinati scores to him. And he says, well, here they are. Just review them. And I was like, okay, there's like 40 pieces of music here, you know. <laughs> And I said, do I need to send this back to someone? He goes, no, 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 that's that's yours if you want it. And I'm like, wow. of course I want it. You know? I mean, why wouldn't I want it? So, uh, but yeah, I, I got a lot of scores. And I've just been, I, I have to say, I, I've been a little too collecting <laughs> throughout <Yeah>. my life. Because <laughs> I've got, I think, a uh, huge collection of sheet music. And, uh, but it's, it, it, and recordings. But 
it's fun. You know, that's my worst sin, I guess. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there, 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 are, there are far worse things to, to, for people to be hoarding in their, in their homes. I right. think, you know, you know, and, and the other thing is, is, you know, you never know. And I, I think about this, my collection, it's not, it's not huge, but it's, you know, it, it's, I've been, I've been at it for a while. It's, it's, it's also sure. not small, but you know, I think about all the times where I've gotten things from, from people who, you know, either they stopped playing or they had, mm -hmm. you know, a family member who passed away and they had a right. kind of collection of music, you know, and I mean, that's, I think about that and it's like, well, you know, I, my collection is a repository of sorts and one day, right. you know, it's gonna, it's gonna go out in, into the world and, and, you know, that's, that's make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to, I think, it's, I think, you know, it is in some small way. It's not, it's not like the collection that Matanya had, but like, Hey, you know, we need to, we need, we need to have these, these little, little repositories yeah. of, of information. Cause, and you know, things go out of print all the time or people don't even they know do. what's being printed or what's, what's available. And, you know, and I, that's, that's yeah. actually happened to me a couple of times with, with that, that, you know, somebody will, give me a box of music and you know it turns out you'll find something out of print yeah that i didn't even know existed and like wow that's really cool right you know and i think it's that's great you know yeah that's that's what i've found you know through the years of um uh my wife and i have gone to chicago a lot in years and you know you stop by like jim sherry's up when yeah. he was living uh, and you take through some of that old stuff or some of those old music shops up even up there you know or go through different libraries and you're like oh wow i didn't know that you know, existed because it's been out of print for so long, sure. you know? So, um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, often give pieces of music to my students that I find, Oh, I've got two, two copies of this, you know? Like, you know. So, you know, I just pass it over to someone that I know will, uh, enjoy it. Yeah. So. I mean, keep it, keeping it alive. You know? Keep it alive. That's right. It's, that's what's, that's what we're doing, you know, but keeping, keeping it moving forward and, and, you know, keeping the faith as it were, you know, I, I often, I haven't had this thought in a while, but it is something that used to pass through my head a lot. It was like, you know, it's almost, it's almost like a, a monastic kind of pursuit, you know, we're, we're almost like these little friars of the guitar and, you know, who, like <laughs> preserving the knowledge for future generations. And, you know, it's, 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 it's really kind yeah. of interesting how that is, but I love it. I think it's great. It's fantastic and like yeah what a what a what a great way to spend spend a life you know it's like they're they're far yeah i mean you can complain about being time, you know yeah you can complain about the you know whatever bad sides there are to the music business yeah. or the playing whatever but i mean wow what what a gift it is to just be able to pursue something that you're so passionate about and and you've spent so much time trying to you know, improve and, and, you know, refine. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. It's a lifelong pursuit. You know, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, uh, as you know, I think I know when I graduated from college, there was a side of me like, wow, I'm done with my master's thesis, <laughs> done with the master's degree. I've done the recitals. I'm done. But then you're like, no, actually now this is where this yeah. is just the beginning. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Robert, it's 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 so good to talk to you. I really really appreciate your time. Um, Thank and, you. Uh, Thanks nice, for having nice, me. Nice uh, nice to meet you. And I think yeah, uh, 
you know, I, I haven't I haven't been down to your corner of the world for for a while, but uh, you know, Stanley and I have have, have talked about things, and and uh, <laughs> I, I suspect at some point in time I will be headed in that direction, and I think we we, we must get together and 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 meet in yeah, person when fun. that happens. So. Now, are you still teaching up in Cincinnati at the workshop some, or the the workshop is? Well, I don't know how to how to describe it. Whether it's on hold or whether it's it's defunct. Um, so uh, there was there was a year when the conservatory was having some financial issues, as was the case for many places at that at mm-hmm. that time. And one of the one of the things that they were doing to tighten the belt was to get rid of all the summer programming. And the guitar oh, okay. the guitar workshop actually survived that kind of purge because mm-hmm. as Claire Callahan described it, she said, well, we don't take any resources other than the space. Like it right. was it was run as she ran it as a cash in, cash out kind of thing. Like all the yeah. expenses were covered by the, the fees that the students paid to for the for the tuition, um, and everything with the housing and parking that was all separate, you know. So there wasn't the conservatory itself didn't have any it didn't cost them anything. I guess that's good, yeah. Other than you know the use of the facility, which it's just there anyway. So um, so it survived that, but. Mm-hmm. There, the scheduling changed because of something, and they put it up against this big piano event that was going on at the uh, same time. So all this conflict started over use of the spaces and whatnot. So that was going on, and then right. there was a year where there was some construction happening, and and it, it, things got rescheduled all at the last minute, and we didn't have access to the the larger concert hall and some of the things like some of the concerts were actually like in lecture lecture halls, and there was one oh, wow. that was done in a little theater, which I thought was fantastic actually, but she didn't sure. like it, and yeah, and then the next year was going to be similar, and she said, you know what, let's just let's just wait a year and for all this all the dust to settle. And then we'll get back at it in the, the following year. Well, the following year came around, and uh, I guess after having a year off of, of not doing it, um, people kind of got used to the idea of not doing it. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. And so it, it just—it was one of those things that you know, and everybody's everybody was getting older, and and you know, some some people heading towards retirement and whatnot, and yeah. Uh, is Claire she, retired now? Then? She is, is retired. She was very quiet about it. Yeah, yeah. She was very quiet about it. And, and I talked to her about it. And it happened as, as the pandemic was hitting. Um, she had had some issues with her eyes. Um, and the way she described it to me, she's like, you know, they, they, they're sending us, sending us home to teach online. And she said, yeah. you know, with what's going on with my eyes right now, I need less screen time, not more. Right. Um, and yeah. she thought, she thought, you know, it's, it's, it's time to hand this over. So Chris yeah. Wilkie is is is, is oh, doing Chris, it now yeah. as an adjunct, right? And and that was oh my goodness, that was always the suspicion, you know, because she, she just, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but she described it once. She's like, you know, I feel like there are vultures circling around just waiting for me to to go, you know, <laughs> and and this the speculation was okay when when Claire goes because she what a legacy, what right, what an right. amazing program she she and it. it she, oh, just complete dedication and sweat and what a fighter she was she is yeah. she's still with us so I was like yeah but what a what an amazing person she is and 
But, you know, the suspicion was always that, okay, well, you know, CCM is a major, major place. Right. Um, big program, you know, major level, first tier. Either they're going to go after, you know, a really a high, level, high level performing artist. You know, right. Somebody, or something that's got a real, real intense mm -hmm. uh, career going on. Or they're just going to dissolve the program. <laughs> You know, oh wow! It was going to be that was that was a suspicious wow. suspicion. It's just one or the other, you know. And interesting. So Chris, I, Chris was already teaching there, doing some ensemble stuff um, mm -hmm. and doing some early music stuff. So he was already on the faculty. So oh, nice. it was it was it was easy to keep the program alive, mm -hmm. just just by handing it over to him. But it is it is it, it's 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 an adjunct position and I, the, the last time I, I was I was in Cincinnati in February um, and I, I had dinner with him and, and I mentioned something about you know at some point in time having talked to the president of, of one of the universities that's that I talked to and, and he and he said you, you talked to the president of the university right I can't even get in the same room with the the, the president of right. you know um, wow so it's but he's he, again he's he's fighting the fight he's he's keeping yeah. it alive there has been some talk about resurrecting the, the workshop but I don't know oh, what yeah. what resources he has available um, to do that, I you know, and and I I shouldn't make the assumption that I'll be going back, but I, I if if he does it, I I hope that he I hope that he'll invite me. That'll be great. Yeah, you know? but it was, I, it was fantastic. It was such a great great thing. I did it for about twenty years, and wow, I, I tell you, like the the things that that went on at that workshop were just mind blowing, and and the people that I met and the connections that I made doing that, mm -hmm. it was so much fun. It was just great, and you know, to be in an environment where you know, it's, it's, it's a week, it's a week long. So it's super concentrated, you know, and everybody's there because they love the guitar and right. it's just, it was so vibrant and so cool. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, I, I honestly, I looked forward to it every year as tiring yeah. as it was. And, you know, I was lucky to break even, you know, sure. and, and, and that was fine. I didn't care. It was just yeah. it was such a, such a like just burst of wind in the sails. And, you know, I went to that, um, around 1991 okay and Ren renato was there yeah uh claire and i forget oh uh jeff jeff Ann. jeff Ann from yeah. yeah minneapolis or whatever yeah. And, um yeah it was a great time i think i went for the five-day stay you know yeah and uh had a great time you know it was yeah. it was really it was nice and uh it was a it was a memorable day, a week, you know, yeah. with the guitar. Re really, really special kind of experience too. And I think you know, I think Claire's original plan was to use it as a recruiting device, and it certainly cool. was that. But it yeah. grew, it grew to something so much bigger than that. And we mm -hmm. would have there was one year between because there was the two two workshops running concurrently. Um, the, the week-long workshop and then they have a different crew of people come in for the weekend but they would run right. them at the same time um and between the between the two workshops we had 90 students one year yeah um that's it, great it was like amazing and it, it i think that was that was the, that was an exceptional number but it was it was not uncommon for us to have 50 or 60 students just for the wow. week week-long workshop and I would say easily half of them were we call them the repeat offenders. They 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 would come every year. Yeah, you know. And when and, I was I, there, there was a group of people that um, you know um, I was still fairly young back then, uh, but there were a, a group of people that were older adults that would come 
and you know very much amateur players but you could tell they were having the time of their life you know and then you had the the good player you know the younger group of students but it was really cool because you know it's like wow this is like nearly every age group you know is represented here you know absolutely yeah it was it was was very special it was it it really took on a, a kind of a life of its own and and it was it was running under its own steam. I thought, you know, it's just like, wow. okay, we're gonna get together and it's gonna just be this amazing thing because these amazing people are here to love the guitar and do this thing and and wow, you know, I was yeah, I felt very fortunate to have been been a part of that for so long. Yeah. And I remember when we we would start before we would start, everyone would turn to the person to the right and massage their their neck, you know, and I think about lawsuit, 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 these days, right? I mean, yeah, that, that that wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, in '91, yeah, when I was there uh, that summer, I remember one of the first things we did, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, turn to the left. And I want you to massage your neighbor. That must have been cool. that must have been Renato doing that. I'm, I'm I forget who did it. I don't want to put any blame on it. But it, I was like, wow, this is interesting. I, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I started I started doing that in '96, and there there was yeah, there, there, it was gone by then. <laughs> so right. Must yeah. Have, somebody must the have lawyers, said something. The, the lawyer lawyers stepped in. Stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, and it's, I yeah. hope we get to. You know, if you it come was, to Tennessee, it was a real pleasure. Yeah, I hope we get to uh, hope to get to hear you play. You know, in the we will, future, we will, we certainly will make uh, happen, and uh, certainly uh, send you up a CD once we get Sergio's piece and the new recording. Uh, we we sort of have a record label uh, that's going to release it. So, oh, I, I, if those things even exist anymore, you know. But uh, <laughs> I think I think they do. They're just they're they're functioning a little differently now. But I think they yeah. I think they're still they're still doing the thing. So yeah. Great. Well, congratulations on that and everything. And, and yeah, uh, congratulations on your duo recordings. Really enjoyed them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Robert. Have a great rest of the spring. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.